1: I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Chasen with Fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW's TV show, The Drive. Here's this week's
2: episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network.
1: Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by FlynnHillsAuto.com. I am Tim Pitchell to go PowerCat.com, and the man to my right is Scott Chasen of Fog.net, and he is done covering football.
2: Done. I, it's funny, I, I tweeted a, a colleague of yours, Riley Gates, we were yeah, talking no, about guy. bowl games. I said, disclaimer, never actually covered a bowl game because I've covered Kansas football for the last half decade.
1: I've got I've got a secret for you. Mm-hmm. Covering the NCAA tournament's more fun.
2: Oh, I guess that makes sense. You go to some cool places yeah, like Salt Lake. bowls are fun,
1: but the tournament's really cool. You can interact with us on social media at Facebook.com slash The Drive Show, on Twitter at The Drive 13, and of course, answer our weekly poll question, make your game predictions at The Drive show.com and remember if you ever miss an episode of the drive you can listen to an audio only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at go and and of course we will start things off with our two minute drill the two minute drill is sponsored by hula hands they've been expecting you now let's eat okay
2: well, state's regular
1: season ended with an impressive eight and
2: four record following a 27 17 victory over Iowa State how did coach Chris Kleiman program find that much success at Kansas State in season number one.
1: That's really pretty remarkable Mm -hmm. when you think about it. This team went five and seven. The program went five and seven a year ago and lost a lot of those players they had a lot of injuries through the year but the coaching staff did a really nice job of putting together the pieces and going out and finding guys like josh youngblood late in the recruiting process and that freshman out of tampa now has a nation leading three kickoff returns for touchdowns weirdly enough he may not be an all-american because he won't show up on any of the lists because he doesn't have enough returns to be listed on the NCAA stats. So three out of 13, he needs 15. It's incredible. But it was just like that. They just found guys uh, that could rise up and play, and they overcome a number of injuries. They played just enough freshmen to get by. They had a couple of grad transfers uh, at running back, and Skyler Thompson lifted his game, but mostly you really have to kind of credit the defense. That vastly improved their level of play, and it was still kind of bent but don't break. They gave up some yards through the year, but they didn't give up many points and they were marvelous, including in Saturday's victory against Iowa State on third down. They just did a lot of little things right. They weren't perfect. You wouldn't expect them to be. They lost some games you thought they would win, West Virginia most notably, but they lost or they, they won some games that you didn't expect ever. Maybe Mississippi State. In hindsight that makes more sense, but certainly Oklahoma. They just found a way to get it done when they needed to get it done, and that included Saturday's game in which they was tied mm-hmm. at 17 and K-State scored the last 13 points of that game to end up winning 27-17, and ran the ball really well, and played incredible defense in the fourth quarter.
2: If, if anyone ever questions how much coaching can elevate a program, I, I mean you've seen it, I, I'm not saying Bill Snyder was a bad coach by any means, but I mean this team was picked ninth, not ninth in the conference and to do what they did, I, I think it's absolutely remarkable. I mean K-State had a great, great season by uh, really the standard of any year. Again, let alone a year, they were picked ninth in the conference.
1: Yeah, it, it is very impressive what Chris Kleiman and company did with this group. You know, you look at it, they could have won 10, they could have won six, mm-hmm. they ended up right in the middle uh, and probably exceeded most people's, well, everyone's reasonable expectations yeah. for K-State football. KU's football season ended with a crushing loss to Baylor. It was just 61-6. to <laughs> Scott, this KU season was a roller coaster. Can you put it into perspective?
2: What well, times, lots of progress that was evident off offensively defensively maybe even special teams and then at times the team looked the exact opposite way i mean I don't think you can sum up this season any better than going back-to-back weeks. In Week 2, Coastal Carolina, a 12-7 loss that has everyone scratching their head saying, how does this offense only put up seven points and wondering, will this be a one-win team? Then the next week you go on the road against Boston College and it's a classic, you know, less miles win where it doesn't necessarily take the path you expect. I think uh, someone said every less miles win is like solving a maze. I would I would agree with that one. And uh, you win 48-24 in a game that no one had you being in. Now, uh, yeah, the Baylor game was, I mean, absolutely lopsided. The Jacks were dominated from the onset offense, defense, special teams. Uh, you know, I actually do my grades for fog.net on our 24 seven sports network and F was the grade uh, pretty much across the board and pretty much deserved. Carter Stanley uh, threw three interceptions and then actually pulled himself. We'll talk a little bit more uh, about that later on. The defense gave up, I believe, a four play 74 yard touchdown drive to start the game uh, on the second drive. One play, 51 yards, so it didn't get much better. And uh, special teams twice handed the ball away on punt returns. One time uh, when a player was setting up, Kwame Lasseter to block on the return, accidentally touched it. Another time when the uh, punt returner just muffed. Kenny Logan just muffed uh, the catch that was a little bit over his head. But, uh, again, I think there were definite signs of progress. I think at times this KU team looked better than anyone would have thought. You found a little bit of stability at the quarterback spot, and you have some coaches that maybe you feel a little bit better about, some of the position coaches that maybe you did not year. Your- Past. You look at a guy like Emmett Jones, um, when he's done in the recruiting circuit, I think that's a big deal for KU. And I think KU was a chance to add a lot of names in the early signing period. So I think overall steps in the right direction it wasn't as good as it could have been. Definitely a couple games that got away from KU. This team was pretty close to being a five-win team. But uh, again, I think generally the sense is, is progress and movement in a
1: positive direction. I think so. I think this is a better football team than it was at the end of mm-hmm. last season. And we'll see if they can piece together enough recruits to get it going forward a little bit better.
2: Yeah, that Baylor game, too, was surprising just because from the onset, didn't look prepared to play, didn't look focused,
1: don't know what it was. Like they were just at the end of their season and ready to be done, and Baylor needed to make a statement. And absolutely, it.
2: absolutely. Well, uh, speaking of, Baylor dominated Kansas, and Oklahoma cruised to a win over Oklahoma State. So after watching 12 games of each, which do you think would fare best in the college football playoff?
1: I've got a plan. Go <laughs> with me here, Big 12. Oh, no. You take the Baylor defense mm. and the Oklahoma offense – And you put them into one team and it's kind of you know they can be crimson and green Mm. it's kind of a holiday yeah it's like a gift to college football (laughs) because no team in the Big 12 is awesome this year one might sneak into the college football playoff thanks to Alabama's loss because I think we can all agree if they had won they were gonna put them in uh, just because it's Alabama but the winner of the Big 12 championship game might just sneak in, and it might just be Baylor because we'll get to our picks a little bit later. I think Baylor is actually the better overall team, and uh, we kind of saw that in the first meeting between these teams, and then Baylor let up off the gas. It was a kind of a rookie mistake being in that position. They just can't let that happen. This is going to be a big game. Uh, for the Big 12, I think it's best that Baylor wins because I suspect Oklahoma will still get a college football mm-hmm. Uh, New Year six uh, bid at that point. Uh, Baylor may not if they're the odd team out we'll see I I don't know about you I think Baylor will win this game yeah you know I've been down on Baylor
2: for, for a lot of this year and I, I definitely thought Oklahoma was the class of the conference as kind of the season progressed but I think as you take in more information you see things week to week and certainly getting a chance to see both teams in person Baylor obviously playing Kansas the last week of the season uh, it just gives you more informed information to build an opinion off of and uh, at least what I saw on Saturday I saw legitimate speech against Baylor or or with Baylor that looked a little bit different than than when the Jayhawks played Oklahoma. And again, obviously, different games, different circumstances around the game. Uh, And obviously, we've seen these two teams compete. And for one half, Baylor look a lot better than Oklahoma. And then for one half, Oklahoma look a lot better than Baylor. Uh, I think Baylor's defense makes them a more legitimate layoff team if they were to get into it i would trust that defense to keep a game close uh, more than i would have faith in oklahoma that's at this point. point so that's a great point yeah defense travels isn't that the saying yeah. and especially when it, it gets cold I, I would take baylor i think as well at
1: this yeah point. i think uh, that defense is really good and i had someone say you know they're KU would score points, I go, no, they're not scoring <laughs> points on that Baylor defense. Yeah. I didn't expect Baylor to score that many points yeah. themselves, but that's just how it happened. Now, a quick look at our poll question results, and poll questions are brought to you by Film at 11. Your go fast, look good, play hard, custom chop.
2: Well, last week's question was, how will KU basketball fare at the Maui Invitational? And you see the results here, win the event 50%, you were correct, come in second, 25%, you were wrong, sorry, and lose before the championship game, 25%.
1: That's like half mm. and then a quarter and a quarter. Almost like K-State State fans and
2: KU fans
1: were Just voting. Just voted right down the middle. Here's this <laughs> week's question. Who should be named Big 12 Football Coach of the Year? Not who will be named, who should be Ooh, named. Ooh, I like the caveat. Mm. A, Baylor's Matt Rule. B, K-State's Chris Kleiman. C, OU's Lincoln Riley, who's on there because I wanted a third option. <laughs> Make your votes over at the drive thedriveshow.com. We got... I, I think it'll be Rule. Mm-hmm. I think it should be Clyman. What he did with that group. When you consider Matt Rule won one game in his first season, mm-hmm. granted he had a mess he picked up, but uh, it's hard to find a coach who took a non bowl team and won eight games the next year. And his first year is first year as an FBS coach.
2: Yeah, I, I do think Rule will be the one to win it. I think both guys definitely have a good argument. I don't have a vote, so what's the matter? (laughs) Yeah, well, hey, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on the drive.
3: Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill.
1: Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Hula Hands. They've been expecting you. Now, let's eat. Kansas State headed to a bowl game again. But where, Fitz, can you offer any clarity
2: for K-State's picture? And can you confirm or deny that you actually tried to purchase a bowl this year?
1: I did. It was a lovely bowl. It had flowers on it. Hmm. It was really nice. (laughs) Uh, The bowl situation has no clarity. Look, it all starts with the New Year's Six bowls. I mean, if the Big 12 can get two teams into that, uh, you know, maybe Oklahoma or Baylor into the playoff and someone else gets to go, say, the Cotton Bowl, then that moves everyone up a spot. The pecking order for selections in the Big 12 is the Alamo, Camping World in Orlando, The Texas Bowl in Houston, Uh, Alamo by the way is in San Antonio if you don't know your history, and then the uh, Liberty Bowl in Memphis and the Cheez-It Bowl in Phoenix, a bowl that in various names K-State's been to a number of times and probably the fan base is like, eh, that's enough of that. Uh, So really, once a bowl is on the clock, they can pick any bowl eligible team that's available out of the Big 12. So there's no rhyme or reason. If you get third, you're locked into this bowl, there's none of that. it doesn't really matter because in big terms of Big 12 standings, the other four eligible teams all tied for third. Now, granted, both Iowa State and Texas had a non-conference loss, so they're 7-5, while Oklahoma State and Kansas State are 8-4. It looks like it's going to come down to the Texas Bowl or Liberty Bowl for Kansas State, kind of depending on how things line up and what the committees do. And it does look like the uh, Camping World Bowl in Orlando is going to reach down and take Texas so they can have a Notre Dame-Texas matchup, Mm -hmm. which sounds great on paper, but I don't know it will be a great game in reality. Anyhow, we won't really know until the games are played next Saturday. The championship games need to be played, and then on Sunday, uh, the playoffs will pick their four. The other bowls on New Year's Day will pick their teams, and off we go into the chaos.
2: It's funny to think about again, just where K State was coming into the year, what would have been expected. You know, even the bowl conversation. And then it's also funny you mentioned that Notre Dame Texas bowl. It's like the preseason darlings. The are they back or not bowl? Yeah,
1: and the Camping World Bowl tried to compliment Texas by saying. We don't get many shots at Texas, and but they're available to us now. In other words, your season stunk. And what's uh, weird about it is actually they get lots of shots at picking Texas because they're not been good for a long yeah. time. It's just kind of how it is. I don't mm. know. Speaking of good teams though, KU basketball had an impressive three and 0 slate in Maui. My brother and sister-in-law were there, mm. Aloha. And should return to being ranked in the top three on Monday. Scott, what changed after that season opening loss to Duke?
2: Well it's funny because that game will probably be most remembered for the turnovers that the Jayhawks committed. They committed twenty-eight turnovers in that game, they came from big men they came from the guards and i don't want to make it more simple than it needs to be and say well now isaiah moss is there he's not injured he's able to play in games Uh, but what's funny about his performance and this was especially true against dayton i believe he logged one shot attempt against dayton it was a half court shot that would have uh, served as like a potential buzzer beater at at, i think a game winning or, or half half time shot i can't remember which but That was his only shot of the game. He led the team in plus minus playing 30 plus minutes. Now that's such an interesting stat because plus minus can be a really misleading statistic that you don't want to use. What it basically tells you is how many points your team outscored the opponent when you were on the floor. So if your plus minus is 10, that means when you were in the game, you outscored the other team by 10 points. With Isaiah Moss, it feels like it's not a fluke though because he's consistently among KU's leaders. And it's because the Jayhawks are playing four guards when he's on the floor he's also offering a spacing option from three. So while guys like Yudoka Azubuike might not have the space inside to work, the same goes for David McCormick and Silvio De Sousa. When the Jayhawks go four guard, they put the shooters on the floor, they're going to have that space to operate inside, even if those guys aren't taking three-point shots because the defenders are still going to be guarding them out to the perimeter. The big thing for Yudoka Azubuki, especially in that championship game, he was magnificent. 29 points against Dayton was that he just had the chance to work inside. How many times did you see a a KU guard drive into the paint? And maybe there would be some help defense or rotation, but they could just dump it off to the big man and let him score. Oh, and by the way, I think Devon Dotson had a career best 31 points, too. The one-two punch worked. Again, I I go back to Isaiah Mosto and say what's different. KU can now play four guards, even without Jalen Wilson, because it has a bunch of guards that built feels good about
1: boom <laughs> that was two minutes of solid info from that guy on KU mm-hmm. basketball that was awesome. Well, thank you. That was just one, that was amazing. Now we're gonna step out of bounds. What a nice comment. I know, <laughs> Carter Stanley is done <laughs> at Kansas and Casey it's Skyler Thompson has one more season to go. Mm-hmm. Let's try to look into the future at how these two quarterbacks will be remembered by their football programs and the fan base. Scott, start with the ever persistent Carter Stanley.
2: Well, look, if there's anyone who knows what it means to start at quarterback at Kansas, it, it is Carter Stanley, given that, you know, he's a guy that over his time Time at Kansas, was uh, in the competition to start and then pushed back and behind multiple guys and having the chance to leave and, and still sticking around for his senior year. You know, as he went through his season, he started every game, which I think bringing stability to the position was important. He had that third quarter against Oklahoma State where he was pulled for many miles and I think it didn't sit right with him. I think it was a controversial decision. He didn't say as much because he's not a guy who complained, but it, you could tell that it, it took a toll on him and for him in the season finale in his KU career, career finale after his third interception to go up to the coaches and say, hey, I've had my time. This game is now out of reach. You should give Manny Miles, a, a graduate transfer senior, you should give him one more chance to get in there and play, close out this game, knowing that Les Miles is the coach. I thought it was a selfless act from a quarterback who, look, Carter Stanley ended his KU career with 5,000 passing yards, second all-time in touchdowns. He he had some positive marks on the field. He obviously quarterbacked that win over Texas, not an especially well quarterback game, but, but still he was the quarterback in that win so look Carter Stanley's had some good performances but I think he'll be remembered for how he went about his business very professional very workmanlike, and, and it showed
1: you know I stop and wonder what a kid like this would have done in a more stable program mm-hmm. with with more uh, consistent coaching and a, a first coach that really believed in what you did yeah uh, but you know it's, it's the fate he had and Skyler Thompson's an interesting story for Kansas State it, it really is fascinating he is a very solid quarterback Quarterback, but he's not spectacular he's kind of turning into a very good manager he had two turnovers to start the second half that a really good defensive effort by K-State kind of bailed uh, him out of those with an interception and also a fumble but he just kind of rises up and makes plays, and he knows how to rally his team. Next season, of course, he's got one more year, will be very big in terms of how he will be remembered. And the bar at Kansas State is set extremely high with Michael Bishop uh, and Colin Klein to start with, but there's so many other great quarterbacks. Jonathan Beasley, L. Roberson, you just keep going. Uh, Jake Waters was very proficient in his time in Manhattan. Mm I think Schuyler's gonna be in that second tier uh, if Kansas State has another big season next year. He just makes plays, he just persists, and he's really matured into a great leader for the Wildcats. Really nice young man, too, mm-hmm. really Yeah, nice young
2: man. And, and it's funny, you mentioned tiers, obviously at Kansas, tier one is just like Todd Reesing, and then you kind of move on from there, but but yeah. no, I, I think both quarterbacks have done a lot to endear themselves to their respective fan bases, especially this year.
1: Well, Todd Reesing proves you find the right guy, he can pick up the whole team. Yeah, really and,
2: and fist pump a lot.
1: Yeah, he did. Now, <laughs> now let's hear from the fans and our fan question this week is. K-State basketball lost
2: two games at a bad tournament in Fort Myers. How broken are these Wildcats? And that's from Tad in Rossville.
1: Man, I tell you what, that was dreadful what happened in Fort Myers. They they lost a game to Pitt that they should have won because they were, what, 3 of 13 from the free throw line. By the way, that's really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they turned around and just really fell apart against Bradley that didn't play well in its opening game against Northwestern and then really... Really kind of unleashed on Kansas State this K-State team is kind of a mismatched parts thing we're going on right now the the upperclassmen aren't playing well Cartier seems ill-equipped to be the floor leader and they might need to look elsewhere but the good news is the freshmen are solid uh, Montavious Murphy's out with an injury right now they need to get him back that played a big role in their performance but I'm telling you what it stay the course it may not be this season but this freshman group is going to be the core of something pretty good at K-State
2: Kansas this team losing to bradley that sounds familiar
1: yeah yeah it didn't work out well for k-state
2: well remember to ask us your questions on our facebook page and on twitter at the drive 13 and when we return we will look at our predictions here on the drive
0: ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love
1: Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show. Now it's time to take a look at our predictions. The predictions are brought to you by Vanderbilt's your work boot center. And remember to make your weekly predictions over at the drive and let's look at last week's results. It was a big weekend for team me. <laughs> I managed to go 3 and 0. The fans went 2 and 1 as you guys are slowly pulling away from mm-hmm. the two talking monkeys on the set. Scott went 1 and 2. And remember, uh, make your picks over at Driveshow.com. Let's look at this week's picks. And we start with Utah, minus six, versus Oregon in the Pac-12 championship. I'm just going to go with the Utes. I'll
2: take Oregon. I don't believe. I can't envision Utah playing in the college football playoffs, so they need to lose.
1: Every time I call them the Utes, it makes me think of Joe Pesci. Hmm. Anyhow.
2: Next is LSU a five and a half point favorite against Georgia.
1: Does this seem low to you? I think LSU is a lot better team. I do as well. I'm gonna take the Tigers. I will I will agree with you on LSU Island. Our last game of the week is the Big Twelve Championship. Oklahoma is a nine and a half point favorite over Baylor. Will Oklahoma beat the Bears by ten or more? i think the bears went out right you know what i kind of
2: do too i'll go different than you i will take oklahoma Whoa. but begrudgingly because
1: i think there's a good chance baylor wins That's out right shocker. too shocker again make your picks over at the driveshow.com and now it's time for our on the clock segment and on the clock is sponsored by carpet one buy local for a strong local community and we start off with scott chasen well,
2: look, a lot of seniors for KU football on Senior Day. It'll be this way for the next two classes where they're actually losing more seniors than players that they're bringing into the program. and. Don't really have time to obviously go through and mention every one of them, but some of the guys, Hakima Adeneji, Bryce Tornaden, Mike Lee, definitely left their mark on the program. Mike Lee, hard hitter, fun to watch safety. Bryce Tornaden, a guy who wasn't the fastest, didn't have all the physical tools, but really made his way into being a pretty nice Big 12 player. Hakeem Adeneji headed to the Senior Bowl and he'll have a chance to play in the NFL, especially if he moves inside on the offensive line. So a lot of great seniors, Taylor and Charlotte obviously in that group too, and they certainly left their mark on this program.
1: Well, it's not easy when you're going into your senior year and you get a new coach, but K-State seniors had to do that and they embraced the change and it paid off for the Wildcats. It's so a great group of guys uh, just pulling some out of there, out of my head. Kansas kids like Denzel Goolsby, Trey Deshaun, Scott Franz from Lawrence. A great, great group of guys that laid a foundation for future success under Chris Kleiman and, boy, does the future look bright at Kansas State for football. And that's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We will see you next week. Right here and all week on social media. Okay, picture this. It's
0: Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better